OTAs for the 2023 NFL season are underway, and the rookie wide receivers are starting to make their impact felt. Who is standing out in OTAs? We'll discuss that next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. With me is always the champ himself, Mr. LSU, my boy Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, what? 2019 national champ, those LSU Tigers, man. But guess what? You know why we're here. Myself, Damian Parsons, man, the dynamic duel, man. We're here to bring you championship-level content surrounding the NFL draft and DP, man. You know, we talk about LSU, right? What is LSU known for? Wide receivers, right? We get down with the wide receivers, man. And so we're going to have a really good conversation. Not Maybe we talk about one LSU wide receiver, but we're going to continue this rookie report talking about these wide receivers that were drafted and some of the rave reviews, right? So we're going to continue this rookie report going on because we have to give the people informed, right? Like we say, this is NFL draft coverage, right? This can possibly be a little bit of sports betting, right? This can be fantasy content if you want to put it towards there. NFL draft content is versatile in what it does and what it offers, man. So DP, why don't we kick this thing off, man? Nah, Keith, you know, it's crazy right now. A lot of these rookie receivers are starting to shine and show out in OTAs. And, and I know, guys, it's, it's it's what jersey and shorts. I know it's not full pads yet. Calm down, just relax. It matters. It matters. It, it matters, matters a little bit, right? It matters a it little matters. bit. <laughs> it's football. At the end of the day, it's football. We gotta we gotta talk about it and, and give it its just due. But man, Keith, one guy that's really you know really kind of stood out has been Jackson Smith and Jigbo with the Seattle yeah. Seahawks because you know it was. For a team that was, they drafted a, another running back on, you know, in the second round, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they paired with the running back running they drafted last total, right? year in the second round. Yeah, and they drafted but, two more running backs in total. They, they no, yeah, right, two more. So it's like, <laughs> okay, are you going to run the ball a lot? Are you going to pass the ball? Like, don't really know where this is headed, but you know, we give we we give them the credit as credit is due because ha- getting a Jackson Smith and Jigba, making him essentially the first receiver off the board, you know. Yeah. And in pairing him with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, it's a great situation for him because he can come in and be the guy that defenses can't really key on because he's a rookie. It's like, I got to focus on DK Metcalf because if I don't, that's an ADR bomb waiting to happen, right? And, and Tyler Lockett's that chain mover for him. He's been that chain mover and a big play threat. Now he's a little upper, you know, a little, little older. So you might see a lot of Tyler Lockett catching and going down to the ground and not taking those hits no more because he's real smart about, you know, preserving his body. Business decisions. Business decisions. Business decisions. Exactly. He want to get another contract that this whole thing is done. But, um, you know, what what you've seen with the reports and just the the clips that that the social media teams throw on Twitter, 
looks like Jackson Smith the Jigba healthy at Ohio State. <laughs> like he, he looks like the same guy. Got his making plays, yeah. uh, run yards after catch, routing guys up, secure hands, and even good speed. You know, maybe that maybe that four four eight or whatever he ran at the pro day, maybe that was real. I don't oh, know. But DP, we're not about to go there, man. We're not about to go there, man. Don't don't what they say, don't don't take the um I, I don't take the bait, man. I, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. Taking the bait. It, nah, I'm not taking it, man. I'm not taking it. But like man, look, he's he's definitely performing well. And I think it's exactly because the clip that you know we were able to see that circulating on Twitter and then hearing other people, you know, like you said, man, DP's uh, you know, his black book of NFL connects, man, being able to talk to some people, you know, I know you got a good insert and, and, and people talked about, he's looking like he's feeling the exact role that they wanted him to feel right. Like having DK Metcalf out there, Tyler Lockett also, like you talked about, right. And then him just being able to work the middle of the field and he just a, a savvy guy. Right. And when you have, you know, complimentary pieces, right. He doesn't have to be that, you know, that play every single role and that's okay. Right. Like we've seen it, you know, like you say, with wide receiver combinations, like when you had CD lamb and Amari Cooper, right. And then now you see with Amari Cooper, not there, it's a little bit different in how they have to get CD lamb and, you know, involved into the offense. It may not be as easy. So I'm all for it. DP. I, I, I was excited to see Jackson Smith and Jake, but we both liked them. Uh, we both had them, you know, graded wide receiver one, wide receiver two, uh, respectively, because we think he's, just hella fire productive guy so i thought that was really excited with dp man keeping excitement going only take it down to h town man and we had a conversation that was yesterday's podcast we talked about cj straw right and the glowing reviews from him but guess what there's glowing reviews for the guy that he said go and get right tank dell played at university of houston he said don't let him leave h town right just move him up the street put him on the interstate let him drive <laughs> 10 minutes and drop him off at the texans facility man so dp i want to talk about some of the things that you've been seeing uh rookie report otas right like what, what are some of the conversation that you're hearing in regards to tank dell and his performance at otas Oh man, I mean, just staying on on brand for what he is, right? Being a uh, just a route runner, a guy that can take the top off a of defense, that can run any route in the in the book. But and like you said, C.J. Stroud knew who he wanted, you know, at wide receiver, and I absolutely love that the Texans gave him, you know, kind of all out. It's just different because they weren't teammates. But you think about what the Joe Burrow situation, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. Jabbar said, I need the guy that I can trust. And he, you know, and they've made magic ever since, right? So um, you know, you know, Stroud talking about working with with uh with with Tank Dell, he says it's been going great. You know, talking about, you know, them just hanging around, you know, hanging out in the hotel, going over the game script and the and the plays, and like like we always talk about two rookies, a rookie quarterback, a rookie receiver. It's like, man, we're both new. We're friends. Let's work on this together, you know. And and, and they're gaining that trust with one another, and that, that's what you're really uh, excited to see. Because if at the end of the day, unless they make a move for D Hop, which I know D Hop is supposedly reportedly willing to go back to go back to H Town, right? Like after he said he didn't want to play with no young QB, that's kind of telling if he's willing to go back. Right. So if he if, if if unless they pull that off, I think Tink Dell, you know, is going to continue to make waves. And showcase himself in a way where you have to key in on him on, on in, in the regular season. Once we get to football, you know, if they have any uh, what, what's those things called during during the training camp, the joint practices. Yeah. If, he, if there's any and joint they, practices, I think Keith, they have they have a couple scheduled already. I heard they were in talks with the New Orleans Saints for a joint practice, yeah. and then there was another one. 
maybe the Dolphins. I think they they may have scheduled. Is is it was? It is. I think names. it is the Dolphins. I think it was two. Yeah, it was two. It was two big name ones, uh, and and that's that, that's rather. Uh, the word is intriguing. <laughs> that's rather intriguing, right? I, I, it is intriguing. And I will say this: I'm going to put you know uh, uh, crossover alert. You know when we get to those those joint sessions because Tank Dale is going to take somebody's ankles, man. He's yeah, going to get now, somebody's and, ankles like AI. Yeah, and the, and the reason I was saying it was intriguing, DP, because I I found this I find this wide receiver core right, and to use the word again, mm-hmm. intrigue, because you have John Mechie right, and he come back explosive wide receiver, Robert Woods right, and and tell me if this is the right Michigan wide receiver because I always get it's Donovan Peoples Jones right. No, he's in he's in Cleveland. It's See, I, I knew I was gonna get it wrong. I knew I was gonna get it wrong. <laughs> but they have the Michigan wide receiver right, and he's there big too, he's a big body guy. So they have a bunch of different pieces. So I think it's rather you know I think it's it, it's going to be fun and it's going to see. It's going to be fun seeing how CJ Stroud is able to use those versatile pieces, um, you know, just moving forward. But like, yeah, man, just to highlight Tank Dell, man, at OTAs, it, it looks like he's hitting the ground running. Um, He's comfortable, maybe, you know, not having to change cities, right, to be, you know, where you just play college football. It's like, hey, I've been doing this in the same atmosphere, right? You don't have a Traylon Burke situation where he's like, you know, the, the temperature is different out here. You know, the environment is different. So he's just hitting the ground running, which is rather exciting. But DP, man, like we got to keep this train moving, right? We got to keep talking. We have a lot of wide receivers, a lot of playmakers that are simply uh, showing out early in their NFL career at OTAs, right? Like we're going to say it matters, right? T-shirt and shorts, <laughs> it matters. You want to know why it matters, DP? Because if they was dropping the ball, we would be criticizing, oh, right? So it matters when they catch the football, man. So DP, coming up next, man, I want to talk about maybe a receiver from the Texas area, but Dallas, right? A SMU wide receiver that's with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I want to get into the Los Angeles Rams, have a guy out there making plays, and maybe he can help complement Cooper Cup. And we're going to get into that coming up next. The NBA Finals are here, guys, and you want to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and the finals. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. You heard me correct. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What I love about betting on betting on the FanDuel app, the sportsbook, is you get great promotions every single day. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, guys. I promise you that that's a great part of it. And no matter how much money I win, I get paid instantly. I don't want to wait two, you know, seventy-two hours. I don't want to wait two to three weeks. I want my money now. You know, give me my cash now. And that's one of the best parts of betting on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that and that's why there's no better place to bet on all the NBA playoff action than America's number one sports book, which is FanDuel. So go and visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official sports partner of the NBA. Keith, the Los Angeles Rams, rookie wide receivers making some headway, you know, right over in OTAs and in camp. Puka Nakua, who was, uh, you know, at BYU, and, and we're not really that shocked that he's making headway, especially as a route runner and, and separating because we saw him that one practice, I think he ended up leaving with a concussion yeah. after that. It was, uh, but yeah, that it was one concussion practice, or stomach illness. Yeah, yeah it was, but it was, was something that something health related that kept him out of the rest of the week. But he was out there cooking, like you know, Tank Dell was out. I mean, Tank Dell was a talk of the town, but Puka was out there putting in work, not just the route running, but the ball skills, the body control, everything like that. You see the clips of him, and, uh, veteran, you know, uh, Van Jefferson running the same exact route, the speed out. 
And it's like Van's been in the league for three years, and he's a good route runner himself. But Puka just looked a little bit smoother, man. And and, and the fifth-round rookie, you know, Matthew Stafford talked about him. He said, Puka's done a nice job. He's gotten some some uh, reps really in all three groups. Uh, you know, and he, he gave a little smile. He said, every time I look up, he's running around somewhere. And even uh, fellow, you know, like I said, Van Jefferson noticed it as well. He said he's come in and taken ownership of the playbook and tried to learn the best he can. You can see how it translates on the field. He's having uh, a great two days that, you know, from the time that he was out there. And, and this is a productive young man that I, I think that he could take some of the pressure off of Cooper Cup. Yeah, uh, so the the part of that insert that I want to focus on, DP. Well, let's 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 combine it a little bit, right? You talked about the on the field stuff, but the off the field stuff was important for me, right? Because Puka Nakua was, a, I believe, a later round pick. I can't remember exactly what slot he was drafted in, but a later like round guy. Yeah, and and to get credit for being in the playbook, right? And and I know all of the listeners, the locked on fan was like, well, man, it wouldn't that be obvious, right? That if you, you know, your NFL shot, you're going to be in a playbook that heavy and things like that. And it's like, nope, no, it's not. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to understand like, those, like everybody has a different level of concentration and a different level of hunger, right? And some of those guys, they have the attitude of, man, I ain't worried about no play. Just put me on the field, right? And I'll make the plays. And it's like, that, that's not being a, a, a student of the game, right? That's not really re- refining your craft and taking it to the next level. So when I hear Puka saying that, right, what, what, when they're talking about Puka in that manner, I'm saying this is a guy that plans on being there for the long haul, right? I want to know the ins and outs. I want to know the details. I want to know the intricacies because not only – because I'm, I'm assuming that he's taking the playbook. He's not only learning, you know, the Z position – He's learning the Y position. He's learning the X position, right? He's learning all of them because he's like, you know what? Not only do I just want to make the 53-man roster or the practice squad, I want to play and I want to contribute. And that's good if you, you know, any Rams fans listening, right? That's good because y'all need help, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, we know the couple went bare because we went all in on winning the Super Bowl, which was one, right? And you're champions forever. You'll forever be champions. Now it's time to rebuild that thing, right? Whether Matt Stafford is there, you know, Injury, non-injury, whatever that may happen. Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, a lot of question marks. But you start rebuilding with later round picks that turn out to be starters and high character guys. So when I hear that, DP, that's the part of it where I'm like, okay, I really I feel good about it. Right. I feel good about him as a as a pro. And then when you draft a late round guy and you feel good about him as a pro, that's the that's the biggest win you can get. No, 100 percent. And like you said, like I said, I think, you know, being able to make those you know, Cooper Cup is going to get double teamed. Their team's going to try. Sean McVay makes it very difficult to double them. But if you're going to try and keep eyes on Cooper Cup, that's going to give, that's going to put less eyes on the Van Jefferson and the Puka Nakua. And if Puka continue to compound sack days, Keith, and, and perform in practice and gain that trust of Matthew Stafford, I know people will be like, well, you, you yes, you target Cooper Cup 200 times. Mm, no, uh, if other guys are open, <laughs> I'm getting it to the open guy. I'm not going to force feed the ball to one man just because, you know, he's the, the best receiver on the team. If Puka's winning his reps and Matthew Stafford being a veteran, he knows what that's like to have multiple, you know, he knows what it's like to have multiple weapons because he we saw what that offense looked like when they had OBJ and, and, and Cooper Cup both balling and, and complimenting one another. So, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see how things continue to cook up for for him, but I want to go down to Kansas City, man. We were there a month ago for the draft. Rasheed Rice, which was a pick that I didn't foresee happening, Keith, but reading the, there's a quote from uh, Patrick Mahomes 
Mahomes says he likes the feel of the routes that are being ran by Rasheed Rice. He said, I could feel where he would sit, where uh, I could feel where he would sit there. He would listen to guys like Trav, uh, listen to Kadarius Tony, and those guys were talking. He would get a feel for how he was running the route. Uh, Mahomes also says, and obviously, you know, he has the explosiveness and jump ball ability, but the way he's able to kind of feel throughout the zone coverages and pull up in the right spot, that's more of a veteran type of mindset for a receiver. So I was very excited about that. And he's going to, he said, we'll just continue to work with him, uh, work with him here and continue to push him to be better. Keith, you know what that tells me? That he's a shoe in for that Juju Smith, uh, Schuster role. That, that he's yep. going to be that 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 big slot, that power slot, that when you're facing the zone coverages that want to keep you underneath and not allow Mahomes to throw down the field, as well as keep eyes. You know, as you know, someone who's been a defensive coach, zone coverages let you keep your eyes on the mobile on the quarterback that can make plays with his legs. So you yep. want to keep eyes if you want to drop off in zone, and hopefully your front four can get there. But if Rasheed Rice can step into that Juju Smith role and do it effectively and efficiently. As a as a first as a first year player, that could be big for this offense, man. No, I I agree. I and a lot of those thoughts I had the same right when you talk about you know his alignment and everything else. And I remember when Rasheed was drafted, I was like, that's weird. You know that that's what I kind of thought, right? But then you really look at what this receiver core was in the year before, right? They went after what Sky Moore. You know what I'm saying? Smaller kind of you know, gadget type, explosive type of wide receiver, right? Then what did they do in season? Traded for Kadarius Toner, smaller, explosive, gadget type wide receiver, right? Now I think they're looking for that complimentary piece because I know that DP in your mocks, right? You said what? Like, man, what if they get another tight end? You know what I'm saying? It was like somebody else to manipulate the middle of the field. I think they meant more of, hey, maybe the tight ends that we like off the board, we'll probably just go the big the big wide receiver and still give him a big target, talking about Patrick Mahomes, someone to throw the football to. So that's when, you know, when, when you look at the fit and you hear about Rasheed Rice, you know, throttling down his zones and running, you know, maybe not even crisp route, right, but just running effective routes because that's what needed. Like, you look at Travis Kelsey, and I'm not comparing Rasheed Rice to Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey, you're not going to say, oh, man, that guy's precise route runner. But what he does, he understands how to set defenders up and get open, right? Like how many times have we seen that kind of stuttering release from Travis Kelsey on the linebacker? And I think if Rasheed Rice can just manage to tap in to just pay attention, right? Be observant. You're in a situation to be extremely productive. You have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the football. I say this, man, as a wide receiver, right? Especially a rookie. I'd rather go in the third round of Patrick Mahomes than go in the first round to a quarterback that can't throw the football, right? Because when we're talking about my next contract and my payday, my volume is going to be much higher. So Rasheed Rice, I think he was at pick 63, I think. Um, you know, fell in, fell into a really good situation. And just that's if you're if you're Kansas City Chiefs fans, that's a great. Uh, quote, you know, and that's a great excerpt if, if you know, Rasheed Rice is actually doing that because that's a positive sign of showing that he's going to continue to develop in DP. Man, we had we had some conversations, right? And we're talking about wide receivers. And there was one intriguing name. I will use the word intriguing again, right? That's the name. Of, that's, the, that's the word for the podcast. Um, one wide receiver prospect, right, that came in as a first-round pick when we all started this draft process and fell 
all the way to the back end of the draft, but he fell to the New England Patriots. And we want to discuss it because the guy that I'm rather familiar with, man, and I can give insight when you look at the rest of the receiver room in there. I want to talk about how he compares. So we're going to get into Kayshawn Butte, wide receiver from LSU, falling to the back end of the draft and talk about how he compares to the rest of these, the rest of these wide receivers and what we could potentially see from Kayshawn this upcoming year. Yeah, man, your 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 LSU brethren, you know your your guy yep. down, you know who's in uh Boston, Massachusetts now, and can you said, you know, <laughs> just such a it's just such a weird look and fit because you just didn't see that coming, uh, but but you said something that was that was was true and profound. He was a first round pick for all of us coming in, you know, through summer scouting a year ago, and then the season just didn't go the way we expected. Testing wasn't where we expected, and he fell to what like sixth, seventh round or somewhere there, late day three. But looking at you know the 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 word out of you know I got some connects in New England, and I've heard some good things, and they seen some of the clips of him running routes and looked quick out of the break. He looks like the Kayshawn that you know just. The, the the motivation is there like he's putting everything into it and one, one thing we talked about after he was drafted was like okay they people say he quit on the team at times last year all that type of stuff that they threw out there all those narratives was well, so how is he how was his personality going to mesh with this military style personality that bill belichick has to just do your job and you know i'll cuss out tom brady i'll cuss out any i'll curse all of you guys out you know what i mean that type of coaching style so far it looks like he's uh looks like he's accepting it pretty well and he looks good so far yeah uh, so i'll, I'll talk about case man because there's a lot said about him obviously a lot of rumors and everything else but i, I don't want to talk about the the rumor part i want to talk about the player the person and how that translates to on the field and how he approached practice every day. Right. And he was a quiet worker. Like this wasn't a guy that complained a lot. I watched him practice hurt. Right. I watched him give it his all. I watched him in games, give it his all. You know what I'm saying? So when you ask about the new England and that, that what they call it, the Patriot way, he has some qualities and some traits today, right? Like, man, let's just work. And you talk about, oh, man, he's a diva mentality. Like, no, he was not a diva from when I was there. And I, like I said, I've been around the young man since he was a, a sophomore in high school up until his second year of college, right? So I was around him. I, I know him. I've seen his his practice habits. And there's a guy that, look, at the end of the day, just wanted to win, right? And then you have to look at the flip side of that. And imagine the pressure, right? Imagine the pressure of winning number seven at LSU and you're not getting the football. And you're trying to figure out why you're not getting the football. Now, some things, if you evaluation-wise, could he have controlled? Yes, of course he could have. But you have to understand the pressure and the scope of that. And I look at the rest of this roster, DP, or this depth chart when it comes to wide receivers, and you're going to tell me a Keishon Butte that's on film, right? He can't compete with Devontae Parker, right? He can't compete with take with Tyquan Thornton. He can't compete with Kendrick Bourne. He can't compete with Juju Smith-Schuster. And I, I, I don't believe that he couldn't, right? So I, I think he's right in the mix to be a starter. And I think he's right in the mix to elevate himself to be like, hey, like you can see this as a as a relationship if they put him in the right situations to where Kayshawn can be a very productive player um, next year. But we'll see, right? Like, like we said, there's still some unknowns out there. I, I can speak to the practice habits that I've known and then just the, 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 the young man on the level of have I ever seen him be a diva or be disrespectful or anything like that and that part of his character. Now, they, everybody has their, you know, their situations, but, mm-hmm. you know, I can speak to the part that I can speak of. DP, man, I, I think that that's a, you know, a situation that's flying under the radar, right, with, with Keishawn Butte 
and and, and Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. But I'm gonna tell you this one thing that's above the radar that everybody's like feed it to me, and that is Quentin Johnston with the Los Angeles Chargers. What have you been hearing about that with rookie OTAs? That he's looked good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's looked just as good as advertised. It's funny because, um, you know, I think it was the social media team, if I remember correctly, made a, a uh, joke because you know the narrative. A lot of people were kind of going at going after QJ this draft cycle, talking about his hands. Well, mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday. They was running like you know uh, fade routes in the red zone. And I don't know who threw the ball, but it was like high, kind of high and away, like all the way to the pylon, right over his head. And you saw the the, the that forty inch vert, and then he goes up with the one hand and just like plucks it out of the air. And I think the social media team was like they tweeted out, but he but he uh, can't catch with his hands, kind of trolling people <laughs> who were attacking him and the, the selection of him. But man, I'm I I, I really. It's crazy because people people really love to bring up that the the drops and everything, and I, and I get it. But I remember Amari Cooper having like twelve to fifteen drops his first year in the league, and it's decreased every single year. Le'Veon Bell came into the league as a two hundred and forty fifty pound running back, wherever he was, and this man worked the jugs machine and became one of the best pass catching backs in the league. So it's like it's not like this is something that's correctable, and, and it's like the, the drop rate, all that stuff is so overblown. Because it's like it's such a raw number that people use, and I went and looked at the drops to to, to really get. Man, I'm like, get out of here with that nonsense. But you see, and I think uh, I remember seeing the quote about how uh, the the OC Kellen Kellen Moore from oh, um yeah. from, you know who who left Dallas. He and I, I had the quote here. He talked about it. He said, obviously, the physical component of it is really evident. Just his ability to make plays from a physical standpoint, the size, height, the weight, the speed, his range, catching the football. When you get out here on the field and you start seeing them catch passes, his range is really, really tremendous. I think the it, other thing that we've obviously highlighted in this, in you know, just the quote from, o, from the OC is his ability to make plays after the catch. I think you can certainly see that his suddenness to get in and out of breaks once he catches the ball and transitioning into a runner, I think he's going to think that's going to be really big for him, which if you watch tape, you would know this. Yeah, it sounds like Kellen Moore, man, has has read my scouting report on Quentin Johnston and decided <laughs> to use him in that manner. <laughs> no, I'm playing, man. But, but you know, to be honest, it's, it's really good to hear, you know, positive things from him. And like we said, man, just the, the, the jury be out, right? Like we still have to see all of these guys touch the field and be productive. But I know me, man, as a football fan, and if you're listening to this podcast right in June, late May, you're a football fan. So, yes, it matters, man. Everything matters. So we're going to take this thing, like we said, man the nfl draft doesn't stop we're gonna take this thing 24 7 365 um that was a fun rookie report right dp with uh with with these rookie wide receivers and as we hear more we would definitely keep you guys updated because like we said man the draft don't stop no not at all and for quentin johnson keith my last point that once we get into mini camp and training camp he's gonna have some good defensive backs to face you know, at the line of scrimmage and deal with J.C. Jackson coming back healthy. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw, throw Derwin James on him a little bit. You know, yeah, Derwin yep. could play some corner too. So this young man's in a situation with a great a great quarterback, a good O.C., uh, you know, a lot of weapon, other weapons around him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and a defensive, a defensive secondary is going to help him get better. And he works hard. Talk to his coach. 
our boy BC, he's like, man, we had to pull this kid off the off the practice field. He don't want to do nothing but get better. So those are the type of things that you want to hear, and I'm excited to see it. But guys, as always, man, we appreciate y'all for tapping in with us and making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. You know what we tell you? You not only are you family, right? But you're our everydayers, and I hope you guys take pride in that. Like it's happening in with us even right now, uh, during during the uh, the off season. So as always, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. They get the latest episode as soon as it's available, guys. Happy Friday! Enjoy y'all weekend, man. In terms of Twitter, matter of fact, before that, you can pop in with us on Monday. We're gonna go over PFF's ranking. They they rank their top twenty five players in the NFL. Under the age 25, we're going to get into the best, the worst, and even the sleeper situations uh, on that list, guys. But uh, as always, on Twitter, you can find Keith at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.